0: Well, good morning, everyone. Are you ready to worship the Lord Jesus? I have one of you ready. How about the rest of you? Ready or not, holler I. Isaiah 64 verse 5 tells us this. It says, you welcome, it's talking about the Lord. Now listen to this. You welcome the one who rejoices and does what is right. The Lord welcomes the one who rejoices. He welcomes the one who is full of joy. So this morning, let's rejoice before the Lord. Let's let's come to Him full of joy. Because He certainly welcomes those who rejoice, is what Scripture tells us. And then further in Psalm 118... There's two verses I'll read to you, verse 19 and verse 20. It says, Open the gates of righteousness for me. I will enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. Now picture, he is standing at gates, right? He is standing at gates, the gates of rightness, the gates of righteousness. And he is standing there, but there is a key thing that opens the gates. There is a secret password, if you will, that opens the gates. The gates of righteousness. He says, I will enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. As you give thanks to the Lord, as you come before Him boldly, man, that's the gate of righteousness to the Lord. It's your thanksgiving to Him. Now we know that it is only by the blood of Jesus that we enter through the veil of flesh. And it's by your thanksgiving that things of heaven are opened up wide open to you that you make available to you all that heaven has and all its resources in heaven become available to you as you rejoice and as your thanksgiving goes to the Lord it says that I will give thanks to you because you have answered me and you have become my salvation the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone this is talking about the Lord Jesus This came from the Lord. It is wonderful in our eyes. Is your salvation wonderful in your eyes? Now check this out. This is the day that the Lord has made. Talking about today. This is the day the Lord has made. Come on, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Our local police department says hello, and uh, they um, were just doing due diligence, and they stopped by a few moments ago to let us know that uh, we're allowed to be here, but we shouldn't be here. And um, and you know they they uh, he was very very kind and gracious, and he hated it. Uh, that he had to even have the conversation, but I asked him if there was anything that we could pray for them in particular, and he said, yeah, please pray for uh, health and safety for the team. He said, there's, you know, um, out having to talk to all these businesses, and and he said, it's just a horrible situation to be in as an officer, because you know, you're kind of supposed to require businesses that aren't supposed to be open to close and there's all this gray area and it would be a tough, it would be a tough situation if you would be in there. So health and safety is what, what he requested. So let's do that right now. Father, we lift up our police department here in the Hemfield District and in, in all the districts across this uh, county, Lord, that you would absolutely cause health and safety to rest like, rest like a garment upon each one of these officers, Father, that you would encounter them with your love, with an awareness of your presence, that you would be the unshakable, unmistakable thing that goes with them every day, that they're just aware that you're there. Lord, I ask that you encounter them with your love and, and with safety and health and wisdom, Give them revelation where they go. Father, even send people to minister to them as they're out and about talking to people. Lord, let, let light minister to them everywhere they go. I thank you for this. We live in just an amazing time. <laughs> and never more relevant than today is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that sets us free from the law of sin and death. Uh, We need that today. You know, they've had pandemics, and those things are nothing new to the planet. They may be new to our lifetime. I'll go there. So-called pandemics, all right? But you know what's not new to you and I? Is the spirit of fear. Because that's been the overriding, overarching thing that's been... The face to all of this is this that fear would like to cause you to open up yourself to all kinds of things, not just but other things as well. And so, you and I are going to be really diligent in doing several things. We're going to um, keep ourselves in faith. How do we do that? Well, we get a hold of the Word of God and and scriptures and promises of, of protection. You know, read them, meditate them. You know, this week, something that I just said hundreds and hundreds of times as I, I, I mumbled it to myself, it's called meditating, was the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And just made that my repetitive turning over on the inside again and again and again. And faith arises. As you speak the word of God, faith arises and builds you up. You know, go to Psalms 91 and read it over yourself. And keep yourself washed in the water of the word, is how it says it in Ephesians. Well, wash from what? You know, washes away fear and dirt and all the things that would attach to you. Viruses. It's the best hand wash out there. <laughs> the water of the word. Man, you know that whole... A lot of these, um, well, now you can't buy it really, but before all of the COVID-19 thing, you could go to the store and buy all these soaps and things that says it kills 99.99% of bacteria. I've always wondered what's so hard about that last (laughs) 0.01%. Why can't we just kill all of them? But we know what will kill all of them, and that's the water of the word. And so our first point of contact is always going to be the Word. It's always going to be faith. Standing on the promises of protection that belong to us. And then do what you know. Wash your hands. Use you know, what the means that you have necessary to clean. But our first point of contact is always going to be... You know, that's the one thing that I like so much about ours. You know, while we prepare for the day of battle, while well, we, we take training and do all these things to make sure that if anything would ever really go wrong here, that we're prepared to react and prepared to to uh, uh, face and confront a problem like that and bring a stop to it. The truth is, is all of the security team, they are setting their faith in the Lord first of all. And that we know that that is our point of deliverance. Uh, it's not from the, the team. It's not from... Um, weapons. It's not from those things. While those things may come into use, our point of deliverance is the Lord. That's who we look to for our help. That's who we look to to alert us if something is wrong and to pay attention to a situation. And so it's no different when it comes to the issues of unseen things also like sicknesses and viruses and those things. Our first place we're paying attention is on the inside. And by the Spirit of God on the inside. And if He tells you don't go somewhere or don't do something, then don't do it. Yield to that on the inside. But you're going to have to discern what is fear and what is the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is never going to make you feel afraid of a situation. And if you are feeling afraid of the situation, yeah, but what if? That's fear. Just identify it for what it is and deal with it. All right, it's the spirit. Rebuke it. Tell it to leave you alone. And then go on in the way that the Lord is leading you or directing you. If the Lord is telling you don't go somewhere, there's no f- it's going to be absent of fear. It's just going to be that witness on the inside saying, don't do that. And so then yield to that. And you know, the other day I got this call uh about getting a a puppy delivered to this certain and I felt this thing on the inside you know the Lord said don't do don't do that oh well, why is there like sick nothing over there apparently I shouldn't go there and so I checked further I asked the next question see we have to be as spirit-led children of the most high we have to be um, smart enough to ask the next question why or, or what else should I do right and so then the Lord directed me well well, ask someone else to do it bless them with this It's not that there's danger there, but let's use this to bless somebody. Oh, okay. See, I could have just stopped right there at the first thing and said, oh, it must have to do with this whole, um, you know, sickness thing. It didn't have anything to do with that. To bless somebody else and give them an opportunity to. uh... So we're going to stay in faith. We're also going to stay in love. Um, we're going to continue to grow up. That's where our, our series been over the last several weeks and to grow up in the Lord. And right now in this time where there's all the uncertainty and we're confronted with fear, um, this provides an excellent opportunity for you and I to grow up. And I want to give a, a, a warning real strong to all of us here in this house. And, and if you're listening by internet to you too, is, you know, there's, well, let me, let me set what I'm going to say. Um, let me first set the stage. You know, there's, most churches are not having physical meetings like you and I are. Most churches, we are in an extreme minority this morning. And so most churches, for uh, reasons um, that they would have to explain to you, they have decided not to have a service together like this in, in the building. And so we have decided we're going to have services here. And if you're interested, if you're new here or you weren't here for that service, two weeks ago there is a sermon online that I preached here and it remain open or something like that. and that that sermon is about why we continue to meet here. so if you're if you're curious about that, go there and, and find that on our website and you can listen to it. However, there is in, in all of this it's been interesting because um, the most uh, the most um, how would i say the most resistance or or uh, pushback that i have gotten about staying open has not been from our authorities but has been from other pastors that have decided to close now i believe they're getting the most pushback from other believers as well about why they have closed so there's this whole back and forth thing going on in the body of christ about it and i'm not here to to inflame that so here what I say correctly is what we have to make sure is that we number one stay out of fear so whether we're going to go to the church building or not go to the church building we have to do what we're going to do in faith and it can't be a decision that's based in fear the other thing that we absolutely have to guard against is pride well we have stayed open Come on. The Lord Lord told me real strong. I need to warn. I need to warn. We have to stay out of pride. Because we're not going to give the devil access by fear. We're not going to give him access by pride neither. And so let's keep ourselves in faith, in love, humble ourselves before the Lord, and know that, you know, without him, we'd really be up a creek without a paddle. But with him, we're up the creek with several motors on our boat. All right? doesn't matter the flow of the river. We're going with the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. John, if you could put um, Isaiah 43 in the Holman up on the screen. And then uh, from there, we're going to go to a different verse and we'll change translations. But Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2, we're going to read it together. We've been doing this for several weeks, is reading some scriptures together. And I really like it. I think there's something about... Um, audibly hearing the Word of God. I'll tell you a story. I one time, um, I used to think that Hebrews was the most boring book in the Bible after maybe lamentation. And um, I just thought Hebrews was really boring. And along about that time, um, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and my eyes were open to spiritual things where they hadn't been as open before. And one morning before I went to work, I decided to. Uh, Someone had suggested, um, you know, when you read a book, read the whole thing, because you get kind of a bird's eye view of it, and I decided I'd just read the book of Hebrews to myself that morning before I go to work, And, and so I read it, and I was just blown away by the bird's eye view that it gave me, and I was like, that's the best book in the Bible how did I think it was boring, you know? And so I took my Bible with me to work, and and that day I was putting on some finish on a hardwood floor, and I knew I'd have a couple hours of downtime waiting for the finish to dry. And so I went back out to my my vehicle while I was waiting for the finish to dry, and I read Hebrews again. But this time, instead of reading it quietly on the inside, you know how you read silently, I read it out loud to myself. It takes 45 minutes to do it. And um, I read it out loud to myself, and. I was As much as I was impressed the first time, I was that much greater impressed this time. Something about hearing it and seeing it all at the same time. There's a reason that that Romans tells us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And so I heard it. Man, I liked it so well, I did it again. And you know, I did that in a church service in Colorado. I, I got up and we just read the book of Hebrews. I did it here one time, too. Some of you may remember. We just read the book of Hebrews. It took 45 minutes. And it takes about three and a half minutes per page, I believe, to read something. So if you're keeping track. So that being said, turn to Psalms 119. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Let's put up up, uh, Isaiah 43. And let's read this together out loud. 43, verse 1. Now this is what the Lord says, the one who created you, Jacob, and the one who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. I will be with you when you pass through the waters. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. You will not be scorched when you walk through the fire, and the flame will not burn you. That's- Yeah, you can read it. So let's go back to verse 1. So Do not fear. You know how many times that's in Scripture? It's a lot. Or some version of it. You know, don't be afraid, fear not, do not fear. Some version of it. And it's there a lot. And um, it's there for a reason. Because fear stops things. Fear, especially... If you're believing for something, man, it just clogs the whole thing up. It stops it. And I've told the story before. I'll say it again. I, when I was a little boy, I was um, at our neighbor's place, and we were having like a maybe a sewing, or they used to do get together days, and the women would help each other. Well, this particular day, why the one lady, she had pulled in. They had a big several acre pond there at the house, and She pulled her van up too close to the edge of the pond and dropped the front wheels over the bank into the pond. And so um, the gentleman that owned the property there, he went and got his tractor and he was going to pull her out, hooks the tractor up to the van and and tries to pull her out. I mean, no matter what he does, he's just spinning and he's not able to pull her up out of there. And uh, he finally is like, "Well, I'm gonna have to go get a bigger tractor or something because this thing's just not doing." It. She leans out the window and she says, "Well, would it help if I took my foot off the brake?" <laughs> fear will stop your progress, and the fear of going into the lake <laughs> is what also kept her from coming. was kept her from being delivered. Yeah. And in the same way, fear will block your deliverance. And so it's really important that we address fear and that we don't give it any room, any place. We don't have a secret compartment somewhere that we allow fear to exist, but we just absolutely eradicate it because our deliverance comes from the Lord. And here he, the Lord says, you know, I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. That's good news. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. You don't belong to COVID-19. You don't belong to anything else like that. You are mine, the Lord says. So we're going to, we're going to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. All right. Um, put up on the screen Psalm 103. We're going to go through the first five verses. If you have it in the Good News Bible, uh, put that up. If not, the NLT, John. And we're going to read it together. 103 verse 1 is where we'll begin. So let's read this together. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. More promises. Yeah. More faith. You know, all faith begins as a seed. And he said even faith like a mustard seed. I don't believe he intended that it, the faith stay the size of a mustard seed, and that's what removed the mountain. But the faith the size of a mustard seed, it starts something. And if you look at the other illustrations he gave in Scripture about faith being like a seed, he talked about that that seed then growing into a tree that was the largest tree in the garden, and all the birds come and sit in that. And so we are going to fan our, we're going to water our faith, right? We're going to feed our faith, and that's by getting the Word into you, just like we did just now. Read the Word, consider His promises. Don't just read it and then rush on with your day. You you can't afford to do that. But read the promise, believe the promise. I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday, and he his son has a business, and his son, he takes all these online orders, and he he provides a uh, a tough possum gear is the name tough possum gear, and he makes like uh, bags. They're like real rugged bags and different things that. His business has just like boomed over the last several weeks, over the last month. I mean, before this all started, it just all of a sudden took off. And then during this time, I mean, in the last week alone, like last month, he had, I don't know, in the last week, he's almost done half of that already. Like his business is just exploding. And what is amazing in it, this is in a time where, in a time, right? A time where everything went Willy Wonka. And (laughs) it went weird. And yet his business, he's like that tree planted by the water, right? That its roots go out to the stream and it doesn't notice when drought comes. It just flourishes and produces fruit. And so you and I can do this as well by staying hooked in to that life source and and staying connected there. And we're going to do that by feeding our faith, by reading the Word. Turn with me, if you would, over to Ephesians chapter 4 we've been talking about growing up and we're going to continue in that. We're going to read in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. This is talking about Jesus. It says, He personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. This is their job for the training of the saints. Well, training them to do what? to do the saints, to do the work of the ministry, to build up the body of Christ until something happens, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son growing into a mature man, or a perfect man, that means mature, with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. My son Adrian, he's now passed me in stature as far as height goes. And um, But for a long time, he wanted to, let's remeasure dad. He kept measuring to see if he measured up to dad, right? So how tall are you? And then he'd want to measure, and I still half an inch short, you know, and a quarter inch short. And, and um, finally, he thought he was there. Nope, that's just your hair, son. Your hair adds a little <laughs> bit more height. And um, so now he's past me, right? And, and so, but he had something he kept measuring against. Am I measuring up? And you know, if you have children, just a word of wisdom to you, if you have children, they're still trying to measure up to mom and dad, even if they passed you in size, right? Even if they're adults and have moved out of the house, they want to measure up because you're the standard to them. They want to measure up to, even with all your faults, they still look at you as the standard. But here, as children of God, we, Jesus is our standard. He's the one we're, we're looking at. Do we measure up, Jesus? We're, we're getting there, you know. And um, so we're our stature measured by Christ's fullness. That's the, that's the measure. Verse 14, then, not before, but then, we will no longer be little children, or be, be babies, that's the word for it. it this word l- means a child that cannot speak yet, like, before they have words. So I'm, we're talking really little baby. Then we're not going to be little babies anymore, tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning, with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes The growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Now, we've been talking about growing up, and I want to examine a particular part of growing up. Last week, we looked at, uh, we examined, you know, we talked about the different stages of growing up from a little through adolescence and all the way to an adult and an elder. And then we examined that we have, what, it, what is it that we're talking about growing up? We're not talking about the outside, because you can be fully mature on the outside, but even your personality on the inside be immature, right? Um, so, so we can see that. Um, a, a teenager is an example of that, right? You look, well, they have an adult body, but they don't have an adult mind yet, right? They don't, they're not matured yet. And so we look at a, sp- a person spiritually, it's the same way. You can be a little tiny baby that is just drinking milk, or you can be all the way up to an elder, right? Mature in the Lord. And I suppose there's, we can be mature in one thing and kind of a baby in a, And so we need to continue to grow, to feed ourselves, and there's different ways that that's going to happen, but I'm saying there's different things you will eat to grow. However, it all comes by one way and that is is your spirit. You're a three-part person and we looked at that last week about how that you are a spirit. That's who you are. That's your identity is your spirit. Your spirit man or woman on the inside. It's shaped very much like your body. It fills up that space, right? And then you have a soul. That's your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality. And in your soul is where you think and where you have logic and emotions and all of that is there in your soul. And you have an eternal soul, but first and foremost, you are a spirit being. That's right. You have an eternal soul, and then you have a very temporary outer shell that we call a body. And this one here is just going to be with us for a short time. It's prone to all kinds of problems and all kinds of glitches and viruses and all these things, right? But... After a while, we're going to get a new one that can do things the other one could not do, right? So that body, the shell that we see on the outside, it's very temporary and it's not the real us. Now here's the great thing. Even though it's very temporary, Jesus made a way that He could give you a new spirit on the inside, that He made a way for you to renew your soul by reading the Word, that's how you're going to grow up. We'll probably do another whole sermon on just that, on feeding your spirit. But that's not what, what we're looking at today. And then He also made a way to redeem your natural body. He paid with the stripes on His body at the cross. This said, by His stripes we were healed. And so we understand that He affected all three dimensions of man. The spirit, the soul, and the body. That doesn't mean that we don't have some battles to fight here, right? We've got sin to conquer because all of us are presented with sin. We've got sicknesses to conquer. All of us are presented with that. And eventually those things are all going to be uh, gone and nothing but a distant bad memory. But right now we still are warring against those things in the victory Jesus established for us. He's already done it. We just have to be on His side and on His team, say the right things, believe the right things, and experience the victory He's set for us. So that was last week. We looked at our spirit man. This week, I want to kind of jump ahead because if I do it in sequence, I would now talk about feeding your spirit man. However, I felt led by the Lord to jump a sermon or two or three ahead and talk about a quality of a mature person. And the reason I believe the Lord wanted me to teach this is because he want, he, it's important that you and I take a hold of this now because of what we're facing and what we're looking at. And it's not going to ruin the order of things or any of that. And so <clears throat> what we're looking for this morning is love. Love. Everyone's been created by it. Everyone's been designed for it. You were, you were designed to be the express image of love. Because God is love and we're His imager. He created us in His image to be His imager. And that makes like images. Okay, So He made us to be like Him. That's going to be another one. right? Be like the Lord. And so this morning we're looking for love. Looking for love in all the right places. Looking for love in godly graces. I don't know. We could just make a whole new version right here. And if you don't know that song, God bless you. I'm, I'm <laughs> pleased with you. So we're looking for love. That's what I want you to look for as the ingredient of a mature person as we grow together this morning. So let's read this again. And this time look for the love in what we're going to read in Ephesians 4 verse 11. He personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some preachers, some pastors and teachers. Now, isn't it fascinating that John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that He took a very particular action and that action was giving. God so loved the world that He gave Jesus to us. What Jesus also loved and He gave some gifts. And these are gifts because of His love that He gave that He mentions here in verse 11. Verse 12 For the training of the saints in the work of serving, of ministry. That's what ministry is. It's serving. That takes love, doesn't it? I mean, you could serve without love, but it would profit you nothing, is what Scripture tells us. And here's what it does. To build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son. Growing into a perfect man, a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning, with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. So I had this phrase rolling around in my head for the last two weeks, this phrase, um, prudence or fear. And kind of the reason it was rolling around is because of all the fear, obviously, that is in society right now. And we don't want to make decisions based in fear. We're all smart enough we know that, you know, fear is a spirit and Timothy, it tells that I have not given, let's put it up on the board, John. Um, Let's go to, uh, or just put up 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. And it identifies what fear is and then tells us what he gave us in the place of that. He didn't give us that, he gave us something else. And here, in, in look at the screen, it says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of okay." So that means He's given us a spirit of power. That's real power. It's not some imaginative power. We don't serve a fairy tale Jesus. Here's how to tell if you serve a fairy tale Jesus or not: if you expect Him to show up when you get in a problem. Or if you're just making decisions based in your own intelligence as though He didn't exist, tells me He's not real to you. In your own cunning. In your own shrewdness. Here He says that He has given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, there it is for today. A spirit of love and a spirit of sound judgment. The mind of Christ. Now that is not earthly wisdom. That's that's heavenly wisdom. That's the mind of heaven. That's thinking like God thinks. That's not our own intelligence and logic and ability to reason things out. That's His way of thinking. Okay? So He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but He's given us these other. Spirit of power, of love, and of a, of a sound mind. Well, back in Ephesians where we were reading here... He says that in verse 14, then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness. There's another word for that in Proverbs that you will see again and again and again, and it's called uh, prudence. No, it's not called that. (laughs) Prudence. Prudence. It's called prudence. So I had this phrase going just, and I'm, I'm thinking, that must be a teaching. Prudence or fear? Because we we know, we're smart enough to know our, our decisions should not be based in fear. But it's good to be prudent. It's good to make wise choices. So we should make prudent decisions. I mean, there's that scripture that says the prudent man sees trouble coming and hides himself, but the foolish just go on ahead and are destroyed. So prudence is good. So we want prudence, we don't want fear. That's what I'm thinking. And so I'm having this roll around in my head like it's a teaching. Yesterday I'm sitting there at my desk and I'm considering this and I'm praying about it. And I'm like, Lord, is that, is that um, a teaching? And all of a sudden he showed me something. And the Lord said to me, it's neither. We don't make decisions in prudence. We don't make decisions in fear. You are called to make decisions from love, based in love, based in love. Here we go, I'm back. Based in love. I'll say it again. This is for the people online. We are called to make decisions based in love. Because God is love. Not based in natural thinking. Natural wisdom. Natural cleverness. Because that's what most of the times in Proverbs, when the word prudence is used, you can look it up and look at what it means. And it means cunning, slyness, It's the exact same word of when it describes the serpent in the Garden of Eden as being the most subtle. It's not necessarily a good thing. He continues, if you'll read through... Now, there are some places where the word prudence in in Proverbs is a different word and just means um, intelligent thinking and logic. But these other words... And it's the word used where it says the prudent man sees trouble coming and hides himself, but the foolish continues and going. on. And if you'll start reading in Proverbs and you start taking a little, rather than taking a, just a verse look, start taking a little bigger picture look as you read through and read some of these words, you'll see that it's not saying you should be prudent rather than foolish. It's only saying here's how the two operate, natural thinking and the person that's just stupid. That doesn't have common sense. person that has common sense and a person that doesn't have common sense. It never once says that prudence is a godly thing. It's just natural wisdom. or, Or cunning or figuring it out. So we are called to make decisions from love. Here it actually brings up this human cunning and cleverness. You know in 1 Corinthians. I'll just turn there and read it to you and come right back to Ephesians. The reason I don't tell you to put it on the board because I don't know where it is. It uses this word, it quotes it from the Old Testament in First uh, Corinthians 1 where he, it says that the Lord is going to destroy the wisdom of the wise. He will set aside the understanding of experts. That is the same, prudence is the word. It's the same word as quoting it out of the Old Testament. And he's going to set it aside and what comes next if you keep reading godly? Wisdom, godly understanding, spiritual understanding. So it opposes that natural, that, that cleverness, that cunningness of mankind, that shrewdness, a lot of translations, newer translations. It opposes that to godly thinking and holds those as opposites. So we're not going to make fear-based decisions. We're not going to make cunning decisions. We're going to make love-based decisions. Now, because some of you are thinking this, would a love-based decision bring you to church or keep you at home? Well, for for you, whoever said that, it would bring you to church. For another person, it might keep you at home, depending on your circumstances or what, right? Either way, you're going to make a decision based and anchored in love and not based and anchored in logic, come on, or fear, but based in love. Verse 15, now we can go on. But speaking the truth, we're talking about growing up and we're looking for love, remember? (laughs) Uh, But speaking the truth in love, let us grow. Interestingly, we're growing. Let us grow in every way into Him who is the head, Christ. From Him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love. By the proper working of each individual part. Therefore, I say and testify in the Lord, you should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their thoughts. Right? In their logical thinking. It's not where it's at anymore. If you'll skip down to chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love As the Messiah also loved us and gave Himself for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. Here is the extent that you should take your love as a fragrant, sacrificial offering to the Lord. As an offering to the Lord. We love Him because, why? Because He first loved us. James. Let's take a detour in James chapter 1. We're going to really turn to probably a lot of scriptures. James chapter 1, and let's look in verse 2. Now, we're not losing sight of love and of growing up and maturing. I just want to take a brief step over into James and see something here. Verse 2 of chapter 1. Consider, it's the word account or judge or rule it, a great joy my brothers, whenever you experience various trials. Is anyone in a trial right now? All right, so you're supposed to count it joyful. Shaka bundi. Look at this great problem. Awesome, Jesus is going to shine. Knowing, here's why why you're going to count it joy. Knowing that the testing or the trial of your faith produces endurance. It produces patience. So right now, we're in faith for a few things in this house. Amen. We're in faith for protection, right? And we're, we're on trial for it. Our faith is on trial because it's around us, these things. And so we're, we're criticized for it, right? Well, you guys just don't understand the real thing. And so what I'm presenting to you is that this trial of your faith that's taking place right now. The Scripture says once you've done all to stand... Stand, therefore, with the armor of God. And it tells you how to stand and with what to stand. But you continue to stand. Well, here he's telling you that there is a point in time where you say, I believe. But then there's a point in time where it doesn't look like anything's happening. Like you're not being successful. And somewhere through the passage of time, you now receive what you've been believing for. That period in there is called the trial of your faith. Because anybody can believe God for a moment. I mean, it's easy to get together and stir each other up. Oh, yeah, man, no virus on us, man. We are delivered and set free. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus set me free from the law of sin and death. But then when you go home and get that little tickle in your throat, you go, oh, boy, is that the corona? Right? Right? All of a sudden, and then when you wake up the next morning and it's still there, it may just be seasonal allergies or another thing that you're also redeemed from. And you wouldn't have given it any thought before, but now, because of everything that the culture is saturated in right now, you're going, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. (laughs) I don't know, man. And, And suddenly, you begin to waver. Now, what you have the opportunity in this moment is to continue to stand. And to mature and to grow. And know that He loves me and He would withhold no good thing from me. And because He loves me, because He has called me by name, because He has redeemed me, I am His. Even if your throat don't feel a bit better. That's called the trial of your faith. Some people have stood in that trial for years. Some people for just a short time. I've experienced both. You know, boom. You you believe something and wham, it manifests and that's awesome. And then I've also experienced where you stand and you confess and you believe the word and you make that your focus and there's the trial of your faith that takes place. Don't allow someone to tell you that you're not in faith because time has passed by. It would be wise for you to examine, am I in faith? Right? Don't get into condemnation. But am I I missing something? You know, where where I've been standing for a while and not seeing a result, I start to ask myself a question. Um, I'll tell you a story here in a moment. So it gives you the opportunity to grow and to mature. Don't allow someone to say you're not in faith because your faith is on trial. To say there can be no time or any length of time or a time of testing and trial from when you said you believed to when you experienced it is to say that this verse is not true. To say that you just immediately receive it if you're really in faith. It's to say that this scripture, that there can be no trial of your faith. The trial of your faith is when you're believing and time is clicking by and I haven't seen it come to pass in the natural realm yet and I'm still just standing there saying thank you Lord for this miracle you're working so continue to stand. You know, some of you know that uh, two of our children, most of you know, that two of our children were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And while they say, you know, it's a genetic thing, well, neither one of us have anywhere in our family line, to our knowledge, has anyone had diabetes. And so we, we don't think it's a genetic thing at all. We think it's a devil thing. And so, we just believe in God that by the stripes of Jesus, they are healed. Now, we've been giving them medicine and following the doctor's directions, and, and the doctors here make it real easy to honestly not be in faith because you could just uh, continue to keep them alive. That's, w- once a person has diabetes, that's really what you're doing is it's, you're, you're keeping them alive for the next however many hours by managing their blood sugar, because if it gets out of control, they could die. Well... They got this diagnose and so we understood that in Isaiah it says, whose report do you believe? Well, we believe the Lord. And we've seen some improvements. We've seen them go backwards, go forwards in different places. And so we've had plenty of opportunity to ask ourselves the questions, are we really in faith? Because we don't want to deceive ourselves and think we're in faith when all this time we could have been walking free of this if we'd have just got ourselves over into real faith, Right. And so recognizing there is a trial of your faith that takes place. So I've been having conversations with the Lord about this, and and Jen has too. And one of the things the Lord has told us a number of different times when when we've reached that point again, we're saying, man, maybe we're just messed up. We need to go back and ask the Lord. And uh, He'll tell us, continue to stand. Continue to stand. Having done all, stand. Only believe, is what the Lord was telling my wife. Only believe. So don't look at all the other things, only believe. Well, <laughs> I've been, uh, this, this is a story that the Lord wanted me to share with you. So I've been looking at Peter as an example and, and a lot of other examples in Scripture that, you know, when you're in faith, the Lord requires something of you. And so, Lord, what are you requiring of me? What's the action of faith that I take? An action of faith I take is Speaking the word over the situation right the other action we take is believing it and so I've been asking the Lord um, because I've been having another issue in my body for years now uh, along about 2000 um, well no that's not true because ever since I was a child I remember having heartburn and and really really badly you know and so um, it would come and go sometimes I'd have it for like two weeks at a time and then the next time Next time I would have it for, I mean, I would be free of it for like a month, and then all of a sudden it'd be back for like two weeks straight again, things like that. Well, I, through the years, had understood and discovered healing in Scripture, and so put my faith on that, and for a number of years I didn't deal with it at all. And um, then it came back, and it came back really strongly, and um, I ended up going to the doctor. And uh, they prescribed, I forget the name of it, uh, some medication to kick the acid down. So they had me take two of these every day, right, and 13 or 14. And I have had hands laid on me for healing for it. I have said by his stripes I'm healed. But I also have known that I've never really been in faith for it. Because it's really easy to just take two little purple pills. And not have to deal with it. Because it, it takes effort from you. And so it's just real easy to, I'll just take the pills. and Yeah, I believe you, Lord, by the stripes I'm healed. But really, I'm just taking pills. And I'm waiting for the symptom to leave before I quit taking the pill. I'm waiting for the waves to be calm before I step out of the boat. But that's not what Peter did, is it? When the Lord, when Jesus loved Peter, because this is where he was anchored in, Peter looks out there, he has fear, and he sees Jesus, and he says, Hey, if that's you, tell me to come, because it ain't Jesus. And Jesus goes, Come, join me. Why wouldn't Jesus want him out there? Now, here's a fear and prudence question. Is it prudence to try to walk on water? in the middle of a storm, to cross a lake. I mean, Jesus, what if you get halfway out there and like a shark? I don't know. They eat at night, right? It's not prudence. But that's not why he was out there, is it? He was out there walking on the law of the spirit of life. And so Peter, he gets out of the boat. There's an action that's required from him before he can walk on water step out. That was the action required from him. He could not wait to walk on water until he, it had frozen over or something. And so he steps, you know, the Lord says, come. Peter steps out and begins to walk. And after he gets some distance away, I don't know how far, but he begins, whoa, that was a big wave. You know, but the wind is blowing, man. And he begins to doubt and we know that Jesus rescues him he calls out to the lord he rescues him all of the thing he survives the encounter but you start looking at the other miracles that happened most of the miracles in scripture required some sort of action of faith on their part not a pretend action of faith cuz you could trick yourself i'm going to force the lord to do this by doing this it's not a lever you pull a button you push It's something you do because you believe it, okay? Because you believe it. And so, you know, when Jesus fed the 5,000, they did not take the lunch and set it here and say, all right, we bless you and be multiplied into a 1,000 baskets. And a 1,000 baskets were everywhere full of bread. No, he took it, what he had, there was an action required because Jesus lived by faith. He broke it. And gave and broke it and gave and broke it and gave until everyone was fed and they had baskets left over. His action was to take what he had to break it as though it were enough. Those couple loaves and it was enough, right? Action is required of us. And so I've been asking the Lord. I'm just giving using myself as an illustration. I've been asking the Lord um, about this whole thing with my children. How, what's the action of faith that's required of me? And as I'm looking at this, I'm not really liking what I'm seeing. The actions of faith. Because That looks really scary, right? So I thought, well, why not practice on myself? Why not learn to walk in faith on something that is difficult on myself? I have the perfect thing to do it on. This whole heartburn issue. Instead of being lazy, like I've been for so long, actually get into the Word and believe the Word. And what's my action of faith? Well, stop taking the pill. If I really believe I'm healed, then a healed man doesn't take those pills. And so if I believe that the Word says that I'm healed, then I'm not going to take the pill. Now, I had tried to go off of these pills before, right? And man, within one day... Just severe heartburn, man. I mean, like, can't live with myself type severe burping of my mouth, like, really bad. So knowing that and knowing that I'm not in the place to take the plunge completely, I'm going to just half my dose. Because, see, the other thing I was praying and asking the Lord, Lord, give me wisdom how to walk. Because now, now it's not about the diabetes anymore. It's about, Lord, teach me how to Walk in faith in the requirement how to walk this out in my body. Show me. And I believe the Lord gave me wisdom and He said, Well, um, just knock your dose down to half. Well, I'd tried that before too and it didn't work. All right, Lord, down to half. And then the Lord says, So I did that and after a week of torture, just cleared up. It was gone. One pill was enough. Well, maybe I don't need the one pill either. Don't take it. Oh, boy, heartburn. Ah. Take the one pill again, gone. One pill's enough. Well, that's cool. Thank you, Lord. So that's how it works. All right, so now let's take the next step. Quit taking them all together, Lord, in faith, right? Not to try to get the Lord to do something, but because I believe. So that's what I did. Quit taking it. Man, severe severe heartburn day after day. And then the Lord gave me wisdom. It start to fast. That will reset your stomach. See, the Lord could heal you with a miracle or He could just allow healing to come to your body like He designed it to do. Stop putting food in it. Allow it to be free of acid for periods of time. And so I started following His instruction and in doing intermittent fasting and just had amazing success. And I haven't taken, I mean, any of maybe two months, I don't know, it's been quite a while. Um, but And the Lord has touched me and healed me, and I mean, I don't deal with it, I don't need it. I told you all of that, because what are we learning? We're learning love, we're learning to grow up, we're learning to stand in faith. And the Lord said that, He said, man, no man has the power to take you out of my hand, I mean, aside from yourself. (laughs) Outside of yourself, no other person can take you out. And if you read in Romans 8, it goes through this whole list of things about the love of God and neither famine or you know, hard times or good times or angels. I mean, other spiritual forces or COVID-19 or, I mean, it's all in the list. Nothing, because it says nothing, that covers COVID-19 in case you... She'll be able to remove us from the love of God. Well, if nothing can remove you from the love of God, then that means that He would withhold nothing from you. And that it is, He is more interested in getting across to you the things that would bless you than you are in, in receiving them. So once you've done, consider it great joy here in James 1, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, but endurance must do its complete work. Uh, let, let me... To say this, we've seen many miracles in this house. Many of you could give testimonies of instantaneous healings. I've experienced it in my body with torn ligaments. Instantaneous healing. Bam. Alright, so we don't do away with the working of miracles. That's for today. That's for now. Jesus said at the laying on of hands, people, sick people would recover, right? And so there's that. However, be encouraged, stay in faith if you've been believing for something and haven't seen it come yet. Because verse 4 says, but endurance or patience must do its complete work so that you may be mature, there it is, growing up, right, mature, so that you may, may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. You now have what you've believed for, you're lacking nothing. Let's go to, wow, time has really gone fast. Um, Let's go to Romans 5. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, now remember, we're looking for love because we know that faith comes by hearing the word. We know that in 1 John it says, God is love. So he is love, his being is love. God is love. So out of that place of love for you and I, He wants to do something in us and through us. One of the reasons He wants you to lay hands on people is because He loves them too. Yeah. And He wants to touch them and you're His hand. That's right. So He's saying, reach out and touch them so that I can get on them. The Spirit of the law of life in Christ Jesus wants to get on them. Man, I keep having bunny trails, side side roads that are good stuff. You know, the anointing, I was talking with Jen about this this week, the anointing of the Lord must be something like germs in a good sense. It must be something that can reside on the surface of something and in it and on it. Why would I say that? Well, Remember last week how I read about John G. Lake and how he believed that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had set him free from the law of sin and death. And in his hand, he took the bubonic plague and they held it under the microscope and it would just die instantly in his hand because of the law of life that was operating in his body. Those germs could not survive the power of God that was tangibly residing in him and on him. And so for you and I... Remember the extraordinary miracles that happened in Acts where they took handkerchiefs that had touched Paul's body and they sent it off and people were healed from the, the spirit of life germs that were on, the anointing that was on that thing, that resided on that thing. So her and I were talking about this and like how everything in life, you know, not so many years ago people didn't understand germs and they didn't have microscopes, they couldn't see those things. Now they're able to see the unseen, what was unseen, only 100 to 100. Um, But what we now can see under microscope and know is there, they didn't know it was there before. They just knew that, I don't know, an unseen thing happened. Well, while we may not see the anointing of the Lord on something or on your body, you must believe that it works the same way, just in reverse. That when I take a hold of a doorknob that has germs on it, those things die on there and the next person that comes along has germs of life on them as they walk away going, what was that? There's a tingling in my hand. That's all weird talk. Well, maybe to some, not to me. All right, Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace. Man, we need peace right now, don't we? That means a settled mind, one that's free of fear. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Also through Him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Now, access by faith into grace means that um, we have access by faith into God helping us. That's what grace is. God's ability, helping you do something you can't do in your own. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, we also rejoice in our afflictions. Ah, there it is again. You guys having trials and tests? Rejoice! Yay! We, we rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance, patience. And endurance produces proven character. Hmm, time tested. Proven character produces hope. That's a confident expectation. Because I've been there, I've done it before, I know what it takes. The Lord is faithful, right? It's, it's proven character. It's a settledness. Anyone can believe God like a house of fire for one night, but can you for a week or a month or however long this thing lasts? Verse 4, endurance produces proven character and proven character produces hope. This hope does not disappoint because God's love, here it is, what are we looking for this morning? Love. God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. That love that the Father poured into you is its evidence of the Creator of the universe with you. Evidence of Him inside of you. It's evidence of His life in you. Let's go to chapter 13. Talking about love. Chapter 13 verse 8, do not owe anyone anything except to love one another. You cannot pay off the debt of love you owe one another. It's still going to be there. So just keep owing it and owing it and owing it. For the one who loves has fulfilled the law. John, could you put up on the screen John 13 verses 34 and 35? John 13, 34, and 35. Let's keep reading here the rest of us. Verse 9, the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, you shall not bear false witness, do not covet. If there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. Fulfillment of the law. That's what love is. Look at what Jesus said in John 13. If you look up, I give you a new command, love one another. Just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you are my kind, if you are mine, by this one trait you're going to have. This trait of maturity. This trait of being like Christ. Remember measuring up to Him? Because what was he known for? Love. Love. The law of Christ is the only one that you and I as believers, God is love. Go with me to Galatians 5. John, if, if you would... Uh, ah, never mind, let's just all go to Galatians I'll Close soon. We are going... I don't know, what's with me in singing today? I don't know. <laughs> At least that was a better song, Right? Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. I know what it is. It's just all the joy. It's all the joy. (laughs) Can't help but sing. Sing a new song. That one was a new song. Old tune, but new song. Verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. What matters is... Faith working through and by love. That's how faith works. This is why we're looking at this today, for this season, for right now. You want to stand in faith for protection and for health and life? You have to walk in love. That's why your faith is going to work. Because God is love. And so as you get over onto the vine and just get love running through you, your faith, you don't no longer have to try to squeeze faith out. It's going to be there. It's going to be there because you have the nature of the Father flowing in and through you. So faith works by love or through love. That's why it works. If you're you're going to examine yourself and say, well, I've been standing in faith, but I've not been seeing what I've been believing for. Here's how you examine it. Am I walking in love? Have I been walking in love? Not from condemnation. Just keep checking yourself. Keep yourself in love where the power of God, where there's an open heaven. Where there's an open heaven. If you'll skip down to verse 13, it says, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But instead, or it says, but serve or be a slave is really the literal translation. Instead, be a slave to one another through love. Serve one another Through love. that's This is how, now we're getting really, really shoe leather basic. This is what love looks like. Serving one another. How can I serve you? What can I do to bless you? Our youngest, she has this thing right with bringing drinks of water to everyone. I'm not even thirsty, but I'll tell her yes every time, right? (laughs) Because I know she gets a blessing from it. Serve one another through love. Verse 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you look down at verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit, that's your born-again spirit on the inside, the fruit of your spirit is the first one named is love. And then joy, right? Fruit of the Spirit is love. And if you keep on going down the list, eventually you're going to get to faith. But remember, faith works by love. So if you're in strife in a situation, man, treat that like leprosy. Like, treat that like social distancing, man. <laughs> strife, you get away from it. I don't have no part of it. You can social distance from that all the time. That was funny right there, whether you laughed or not. <laughs> Chapter 6, and we're going to close soon. (laughs) Chapter 6. We're going to go to one more place after this, and we'll close. Let's look at verse 22. Well, 6 doesn't have 22 verses. Verse 2 is where I was wanting to look. Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. What was the law of Christ? Love. Love. Carry one another's burdens in this way. He's just saying it so simple. Here's how you fulfill that law. Here's how you do that law. You carry each other's burdens. Hey, can I carry that for you? Can I help you with that? Can I serve you with that? This is what we're supposed to be known for. And now let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. So we did this last week. We're going to do it again. Um, On the table in the back, you will see an alms basket. You can put money into to bless people in this house that have need. Now, it's there for you if you have need. If you have need, take money out. Take what you need. It's there, especially during this time where some people's work has been affected and they've lost income and different things. It, there's no shame for you to say, I need some and take what you need. That's why it's there, okay? And, so, and you're also welcome to put money into it. In the book of Acts, they, you know, the early church, they really did this well. They said nobody had any need, and they were selling houses and things and and sharing in that way. And so in this house, we want to make sure that everyone is taken care of and that it comes from love. When you, you know, if someone were to just constantly be taking out of it and they're not trying to provide for themselves, yeah, we would have a conversation with that individual. Don't worry about them. Um, you just walk in love. You do what you do. The scripture says if you want to eat, you should work. Even, it doesn't say it has to be paying work. Come on. But you should serve someone. Be serving people. Don't just hold down the couch. All right, Hebrews 10, this is where we're reading our last scripture, I believe. Verse 19, there was a... Verse 19, Hebrews 10. I love this, no restraint on our time. This is great. Therefore, brothers, this is chapter 10, Hebrews, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary by the new and living way that He has inaugurated for us through the curtain, that is, His flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God... Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed in pure water. Now remember the word, the washing of the water of the word. Right? Verse 23, Let us hold on to the confession of our faith without wavering. Holding on implies that there is a trial taking place, right? That you're holding on, believing something. You haven't necessarily received all of it yet. So you have to hold on. For he who promised is faithful. And let us, verse 24, and let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. Not staying away from our meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, I know this scripture um, may be why some of you have come to meet with us is because we to abandon meeting. However, don't be distracted by looking at that this morning. I want you to look at everything that's right around that. And the one thing I want you to see is, is talking about our confession of faith. And then in verse 24, he says, uh, let's, let, let's care about each other. Let's be concerned about each other and let's. Let's provoke is how the word is. Provoke each other. This word provoke means like to poke someone with a cattle prod. To goad them to it. Like you would if you were trying to get into a fight. And you come on and you're just picking on them and just poking them and jabbing them until they're ready to fight. You're supposed to do this till they're ready to love. Like provoke them to love. And it says, and good works. Because your love will result in you doing good works for each other. And then if you look down in uh, the latter part of, or in verse 25, it says, and not staying away from our meetings, some bits will do. Now here's the purpose of them getting together, was to encourage each other. And all the more as you say, the, see that the day is drawing near, it's getting closer, it's getting ripe. And so we are to encourage each other. Man, this morning, if you do nothing else, encourage somebody encourage each other. Tell them how the Lord has done something for you. That encourages. It encourages me to hear how God has blessed you. It encourages me to hear what God's doing in your life. So share that with each other. Speak words of life to each other. Tell someone that, you know, man, I really see the germs of Jesus on you. (laughs) The anointing of Christ on you. You understand what I'm saying? I put it in a humorous way. I I really see the power of the gospel in you and that you're not ashamed of it and I'm just honored to be to to, to know so encourage each other this morning Nicole did you have something yes Is it Jeremy there you
1: go. Um, I just wanted to share what was something that I felt the Lord deposited on my heart um, about when you were speaking on uh, faith and having faith in situ- situations, you know, with your heartburn and, and not your heartburn, the heartburn. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and something that was just impressed to share was about um, when we have faith, these moments that we choose faith, we get to choose faith. We, I, it's almost as if it's a gift to God, our faith. And when we choose that, let me get my thoughts together. Our faith blesses God and when we have those moments to choose faith regardless of the trial going on we will never get that moment in time to choose faith again for that exact situation we won't there are gonna be other times that that we can choose faith but that moment won't come again And so it blesses God when we choose faith in those moments. And it builds our faith because we don't get those exact moments again. And so that was just on my heart, to choose faith. And when we choose faith in those moments, it builds our faith.
0: That's good. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So faith does bless God. Yeah, Jacob, come You know, in Hebrews 10, where we were, if we'd have just went a little further, the last two verses in the chapter are wonderful because it says how that the Lord doesn't have any pleasure in the person that draws back, because that's fear and doubt. And um, it says, but we're not like those that draw back unto destruction. We press forward to the saving of
2: the soul. Okay. In, in regards to healing uh, I know sometimes some of us get prayed for for healing sometimes and and we, we wonder why we don't get healed instantly I, I had something last summer I had I had shoulder pain and I got prayed for a couple different times by different people and and I still had the pain and, and at the same time I was having I was having a little bit of difficulty in my job and I wasn't I wasn't walking in love with With a fellow uh, co-worker in my job and I I tell you immediately once we had a conversation with each other we uh, we got to the bottom of what we were dealing with each with each other um, forgave each other and and just you know spoke words of love to each other the next week I was like what happened to my shoulder pain it was was gone And, and I tell you if anybody has unforgiveness towards towards a brother or sister in their life um that can block your healing so make things right with the people around you walk in love and you will receive your healing um also what i want to say is this is an essential service what we just had right here so uh so you cannot have that by sitting on your couch um so I just want to thank you, Pastor, for giving us the opportunity to, um, to partake in this and, and to be faithful and allow all of us to be faithful as well. Um, the lawyer that, that was representing the pastor down in Florida that, uh, that got arrested last week for having church service, he said maybe part of the reason why they want churches to close is because the church hasn't made itself an essential peace in society so for all of us here we are essential it takes people being around each other loving on each other and speaking the word of truth to each other um, and that's essential so bless you in jesus name go
3: ahead
4: as you know, I live with my mom uh, right now. She's uh, She was supposed to go to Greece May 1st. Uh, during this time of fear, she's been entertaining worry and concern of this uh, epidemic. So she wants to keep staring at the news and constantly looking at that, and I'm drawing her away from that, watching Christian movies, reading the Bible, and just sowing the seed of faith reading reading scriptures of God's amazing provision through disasters through famines and pestilences she hears the word coming into her and then she marvels See, because she doesn't know the word she's new to the Word of God and uh, during this time she doesn't want to go anywhere so fear is there and as I talked to her two weeks ago while we're talking I saw a blue gorge of light right next to her. I know what that was. And immediately, within two minutes, she started sneezing and she had an itch behind her throat. She told me, I have this itch behind her throat. No, I got up, now she's never seen me rebuke out loud in front of anyone. She's not used to that. So the authority that we have delegated through the Lord Jesus Christ, we have to put it to practice for the ones we love, including the body of Christ. Uh, So I rebuked it. I commanded no sickness in my house, only healing. And she's just sitting there, and it was gone. Last night, we had a great study, though this was a tough one, against worshiping icons and You know, Greek Orthodox, they have that Catholic and it's the same attack, it's the same deception. But right after the Bible study, I saw that blue gorge of light right next to her again. She said, can we see the news? Can we see the news again? I said, alright, we'll see it for a few minutes. Well, there was that light again. And immediately last night, she says, she starts sneezing and then she starts, her throat starts itching again. She told me exactly what happened. I said, Ma, Hold on. I rebuked it again. And immediately, I said, how do you feel? She said, it's gone. So fear, I mean, this sermon is just amazing how, and God's been speaking to me about faith, fear, and using our authority in love. So I would like to pray for anyone that has any symptoms, downstairs, wherever, I don't care what you have if it's stomach ulcers, diabetes, acid reflux. Come and get me downstairs and I would love to pray for you. Because we have showing love with the demonstration of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this body. And I just want to, you know, not in pride, but during these hard times is when our faith is shown Jesus said will the son of man find faith when he comes back you know we are a candle that's lit the world is right now dark in fear the spirit of fear and through the spirit of fear he he numbs people he knows he tries to quench your faith so keep shining
0: amen amen let's not um, no stay here don't go away We're not going to regulate the healing of the Lord to the basement. Let's just do. Let's let's have that right now, right? So if you need healing in your body, of any kind, come up, and uh, Jacob's going to go. Yeah, go get him. And uh, Jacob's going to pray, and the Lord's going to heal, right?
4: faith has healed you, it's a done deal it was purchased on the cross are you ready to receive? I feel the Holy Spirit right now, I feel God, are you ready? every cell in her body, thank you Jesus all the glory, all the honor to you Lord you are the healer who healeth me, you are the Lord my healer Every cell in your body surrenders to the will of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Healing, we curse every symptom. We curse every demonic attack against your life. You will live and not die. You will walk in victory. You will declare the day of the Lord. Your faith has healed you in Jesus. You stood up. You walked here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you,
3: Father. Holy Spirit, you're our helper.
4: You confirm, Lord, the preaching of your word through signs and wonders. Healing. Fresh fire from heaven. Fresh fire. body, this body functions perfectly in the holy name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We reject acid reflux. We curse it in Jesus. Every cell in your body surrenders to the word of God. Father, we worship you. Father, we praise you. God's love flows from this body. Sickness cannot live in this body. Every kingdom, every every attack of the kingdom of darkness, we break you. This is the body, this is the temple of the living God. Light flows from this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every negative word spoken against him, we condemn every tongue that is risen against him. In Jesus' name, he is loved. Thank you, Father, for this man of God. Thank you, Father, that your fire flows through him right now and cleanses him in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the for the sacrificial love that you have given us. We glorify you, Lord. We magnify you, Jesus, the healer. hormone, blessed, every chemical balance, every hormone imbalance, we command you to be balanced perfectly. We will see you comb your hair again. You are so beautiful. My God, look at that beautiful hair. That beautiful hair that she's going to comb and look at the mirror. Wow. 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 This hair is going to grow. Right now it's growing. Strength in the hair follicles, in the hormone balances, every chemical, electrochemical uh, part of your body functions perfectly in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You have given beauty. Beauty. And we thank you, Lord speak to this hair to grow wow hallelujah you're blessed what is the Lord going to do for you The burning in the back we curse you demonic spirit you have no right to touch the body of Christ The blood of Jesus covers every cell in your body. Loose him, Satan. Spirit of sickness and disease. Get off of him in Jesus' name. We curse the flu. We curse every bacteria that harms the temple of God. We curse it in the name of Jesus. Get off of him in Jesus' name. We break your molecular structure. We dismantle every attack of the kingdom of darkness against the temple of God. Healed by the stripes of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're our helper, Lord. Thank you for your healing and your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your tangible presence all the glory and all the honor all the glory and all the honor it is done it is done it is done praise you Jesus Father we worship you Done everything to do, stand. Stand, therefore, girded with the belt of truth, wearing the helmet of salvation, carrying the shield of faith to quench every flaming arrow of the devil, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Your feet prepared with the gospel of peace, the breastplate of righteousness. Glory to you, Father. Thank you. We stand. We stand, Father, in faith. We know you watch our faith, Lord. Thank you, Father, for giving us the grace to stand in your faith. It is your gift, Father God. In the holy name of Jesus, we rebuke inflammation, ulcers, acid reflex. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. Healing in this body. This is the temple of the living God. God lives in you. The hope of glory, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, lives in you. Thank you, Lord. Healing in every cell in this body surrenders. The blood of Jesus flows in these veins. Your cells function perfectly according to the word of God. This body surrenders to the living word of God. The words I speak unto you are spirit and truth. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you for your help. Thank you for healing. All the glory and all the honor to you, Lord. We worship you. Father, if we've entertained fear, we repent, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Father, forgive us. Thank you, Lord, for your mercies are new every morning. Thank you for the healing promise. Healed in Jesus' name. right now every attack of the kingdom of darkness we cancel you thank you Holy Spirit oh the presence of God over this child shall eat anything anything and enjoy the fat of the land Father we worship you we thank young and the old, Father God, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Thank you, Father God, for this family. They are the blessed of the Lord. The young and old, Father God, we do not permit anyone in this body to be sick. Not allowed. Every every cell in your body surrenders to to the Word of God. You are blessed and highly favored diabetes we curse you at the roots we speak to you leave in the mighty name of Jesus blood sugars start flowing perfectly never again shall you harm this body this is the temple of God thank you Lord thank you thank you Jesus blood sugars flow perfectly in Jesus name you are healed you are healed. Amen. Amen. No No more Heartburn. No more. Stomach acids flow perfectly in Jesus' name. Rabba Shaka Rabashanda Rabba Shanda. Sickness and disease, we curse you. We rebuke you. The blood of Jesus flows. Thank you, Lord. It is done. It is done. It is for you. Healing that was purchased on the cross. Your stomach, your stomach operates perfectly in Jesus' name. Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your confirmation. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The blood of Jesus healed on the cross. You're healed, honey. You're healed. Okay? What's going to happen right now? It's done. It's over. Do you have a machine on you? Do you have a motor on you that says numbers? Good. Okay. Right now, I'm not here on a mistake. Your father's not here on a mistake. You were born by the servant of God. You were brought forth from the womb of God's maidservant. You will live and not die, and you will declare the day of the Lord. Father, we worship you, Satan. It's over. Every every chain, everything broken off of this child of God. Fresh fire from heaven. Fresh fire. You are healed. Every cell in your body surrenders. Jesus has conquered the death. And the grave, where is your sting? Where is your sting now? The Lord of hosts has provided for you healing. It is over. That machine will never be worn on you again. You will eat the fat of the land. Thank you, Lord. Fresh fire from heaven. The blood of Jesus was shed. And the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead heals you. And dwells in you. It's over. You are healed. Healed in Jesus' name. You are blessed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Start worshiping God. You have enough word in you to walk in faith. And sometimes he demands of us to show our faith. Right? Show the devil you got faith. And show God you got faith. Amen? What do you want the Lord to do for you, sister? diabetes we rebuke you in the name of Jesus spirit of diabetes devil get off of her in the name of Jesus this is the property of the Lord you were healed on the cross we declare this healing Holy Spirit thank you Father we worship you we give you praise we speak to the blood glucose level Perfect balance. Hormone balances perfectly. In the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. Bow in the name of Jesus. This body surrenders to the will of God. This is the temple of the Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you. Right now, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Father God, the Lord, our healer, who healeth me. You are the Lord, my healer. You sent your word and healed my disease. You are the Lord, my healer. God inhabits the praises of his people worship the lord more worship him thank you holy spirit you're healed you're healed you're healed according to your faith may it be unto you An intercessor, start praying. Start praying for these people. The prayer of a fervent man availeth much. Availeth much. Mary, what do you need the Lord to do for you? Asthma. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Pastor Sidney said that the Lord told him, gave him wisdom. And he said, uh, to fast, to read, to fix the body, right? I used to have asthma and allergies. Used to, not anymore. And the Lord gave me wisdom to respect his temple. I had to respect the temple. I was, uh, from a little boy, I had breathing problems, asthma, allergies. It was horrible but I had to fix my diet also. I have to respect the temple. I can't live off of honey, you know? Um, we have to do our part in, in taking care of this temple, uh, diet-wise. And, uh, you know, it's just it's wisdom. Um, but there's also attacks. Not everything is a spiritual attack. Sometimes we have to adjust our diet, right? Um, but We're going to pray. You're gonna, we're going to pray in faith right now if there's any spiritual attack we're going to speak to your body in Jesus name you believe it's going to happen now okay thank you lord father thank you in the holy name of Jesus thank you for the purchase of of man on the cross you have purchased us for the for the kingdom of god by your blood lord you have forgiven and forgiven our sins and washed them as far as the east is from the west you broke your body that our body may be healed you took the stripes you took the wrath of God for us Lord, no more sickness no more no more sinuses no more allergies on this body right here no, no Holy Spirit you are the helper thank you Lord Thank you, Father. Any, any negative words spoken against her, I break them in Jesus' name. Any harm that is done to her, I break it in Jesus' name. You bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, Lord. Thank you for mending everything. Everything functions perfectly in this body in Jesus' name. Shuru! Devil, you're a lie. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. We rebuke you. The blood of Jesus fills every cell in this body, functions perfectly in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, the healer. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over this body. Healed and whole, healed and whole, healed and whole. Thank you, Father, healed in Jesus' name. We speak to every cell in this body, born, mighty man of God, born and healed. He will eat normal food, he will declare the word of God. Thank you, Lord, you are the healer, Father restructuring of every cell in his body, healing, mighty man of God. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we worship you. Father, we praise you. Nor by strength, nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. All the glory and all the honor to you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. A worshiper, he worships the Lord. He praises the name of God. Thank you, Father. Mighty man of God, it's an honor to know you, Joshua. It's an honor to meet you you are mighty in the kingdom. That's it. Amen. That's faith. Father, you heard it from the From the mouth of your servant over his child, you honor the word of the parents. They have authority over their children, devil, sicknesses, allergies. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. We rebuke you. Not to the children of the kingdom. No. No. We are not of this world. Thank you, Jesus. You have healed us from the curse. You have translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You have given us gifts, Father, for your service. We love the children, Lord. We love the children. Worthy. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. You are worthy, Lamb of God. The Lamb of God slain before the foundations of the earth shed His blood. Healing in the house of God. We do not accept sickness, disease, allergies, viruses. We rebuke you. Symptoms. We do not accept you. This body surrenders to the word of God. This body surrenders to the word of God. He is healed in Jesus' name. Healed. You have authority in your house. You cover your property with walls of fire and hedges of protection. The angels of God encamp around those who fear him. God sure. you. Perfection. God is a God of perfection. We speak to the femur bone. In the name of Jesus, you will grow to your right length. Bones grow. Hair grows. Cells are reborn. We speak to this body, this femur bone, right? to grow in its right length in the holy name of Jesus. There is no limitation to the God of Israel. No limitation. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you for healing. Thank you for healing, Lord. We worship you. We're a church that worships you. We worship you. Holy Spirit, fire, fire the blood of Jesus. Bone grow in Jesus' name. Grow! Grow! Grow in the name of Jesus right now. with your glory he inhabits the praises of his people he inhabits the praises of his people he inhabits the praises of his people thank you Jesus were you able not to do some things because of that? waiting for the report. You're healed, bro. You're healed. Okay? For your father. Back problems. The centurion said, Lord... Just speak the word. Just as I command my servants, they obey me. Just speak the word, and it will be done. Father, me and Nicole and everyone in this church, lift up Gene English. In the holy name of Jesus, we intercede for our brother. You are the God that's omnipresent. You dispatch your servants like flames of fire to the service of the inha- of the inheritors of the earth. Surround him with your tangible presence right now, Father God in Jesus name. Heal his back, every cell, every every bone and ligament in his spinal cord. We declare it aligned, healed every disc put back in its place. We speak the life of the living word over Gene English in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus. Where two or more gather together in my name. There I am in the midst, Healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Healed! Father, we come in agreement and we ask you and we believe in you that your right hand is not short. We worship you, Father, and we thank you. Oh, he's going to be fine He's going to be fine He's going to be fine What happened? That's what he's going to say High blood pressure Low blood, perfect blood pressure right now it's gonna come to the perfect level we accept nothing else but perfection we do not accept symptoms we accept perfection Jesus is perfect he has conquered death and the grave he has conquered the world we are not of this world we are of the kingdom of God our bodies are the temple of the living God in perfection does not belong to us thank you lord because of your gift lord it's all because of you that we are here we come here for you because of you in you and through you we are here blood pressure you are perfectly balanced everything in this body surrenders to the lord jesus christ The peace of God that surpasses all understanding fills your heart and mind. The peace of God. The peace of God. Fresh fire. The blood of Jesus. Father, we worship. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you. You're our helper. Thank you, Lord, for surging through this temple. You're the indweller of this temple. You have permission to take over every function of this body to the service of the king. To the service of the king. Perfect blood pressure in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. It's done. It's done. Jesus said, go and heal the sick. We're healing the sick today, but you're not sick anymore, brother. You are the healed. You are the healed. You are the healed.
0: Jesus wonderful continue to uh, encourage one another when
5: Jesus left the earth he turned to his disciples and said occupy until I come back be about my father's business be about your father's business so today being the first Sunday of the month we have city gate and we've not stopped being about the father's business so if all the people that are planning on going to city gate please come on up we're gonna pray pray over you pray and we'll send everybody out city gate is in uh, two locations lancaster lancaster and columbia so we have two groups going, and what we're doing is we're, we're making bag lunches, and everybody's got to eat, right? So we here at Church of the Word, very mission church, not only international, but local as well, being about the Father's business, feeding the poor, so that's what we're going to do today. So we're all going to be making bag lunches and going to two locations, So why don't you extend your hand out to them. Father, we declare that we're about your business. And we thank you for the privilege and the honor to go and feed the poor, feed those who are in need. That's our heart today, Lord. And we know that you go with us. You're not only Jesus in us and with us, but you go with us. And that's your promise to us. So, Lord, as we are your your mouthpiece, your hands and your feet, we will speak your word. We will give out the word of the gospel. Father, we're believing for salvations, for miracles, signs and wonders. And, Lord, we, we go as your ambassadors, representing you, Jesus, on the earth. And it's such a privilege and an honor to do that. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus on our lives. We thank you for the peace of God in our hearts. We thank you for our hands as we give out to those in need. We bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. One way we love God in this house is by loving one another. And we do a good job of that, don't we? So let's turn to your neighbor and tell him you're, I'm so glad you're here. Be blessed. And the children may be uh, excused to their classes as well. Amen. Well,
6: good morning. It's good to be with you all this morning, praising the Lord together. Do we have anyone here for the very first time? We'd like to welcome you if you're here for the very first time. Raise your hand. All right, well, good to be with family. Does anyone need a cash envelope for your giving? If you do, you can raise your hand. The ushers will see that you get it. If you're giving by credit card, do fill out all the blanks. <clears throat> okay, we're going to read from Psalms this morning. I um, have just really been meditating a lot in the Psalms, and I just have find, found so much encouragement. The Lord has spoke to me a lot um, In the psalm is so good for the time that we're in. So I'm going to read to you from Psalms 105, and we're going to prepare to return our tithe to the Lord. Psalms 105 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Not tremble in fear, let him rejoice. Yeah. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His strength. You know, sometimes you just need to remind yourself that this thing is beyond you. You need somebody bigger than you to help you, so seek the Lord in His help. Seek His power, His might. He's able. Seek his presence continually. And if you look that up, if you look up this word continually, it brings out the thought of daily, the thought of regularly. Did I say that right? (laughs) Perpetually. All those things are there. Press into him. Remember. Remember what he's done. Remember the wondrous works. We sang of that this morning. Remember the wondrous works he has done. Has he done anything great in your life? Has he done anything wonderful for and ever? Yes. Remember what he's done. I mean, if he did it, how many hundreds of generations ago? Remember that, you know, if he did it yesterday, remember that. His miracles, the judgments he uttered. Oh, offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. You know, we are adopted into the line of Abraham. That's us. He's talking to us. He is the Lord, our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever. Forever. He's a covenant God. And he does not, you know, his strength doesn't wear out. His arm doesn't shorten. His power doesn't wane. He doesn't forget. If he said it a thousand years ago, it's good for today. He remembers his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as your portion born an inheritance. I want to draw a line from tithing to covenant. If you remember the covenant that he gave to Abraham, I mean, we, I know we've visited this scripture often, but I'll refer to it. Genesis 14 and in 15, you know, where Abraham went out. He won that battle, and then he tithed to Melchizedek, and then the Lord's response was to make this covenant. And then we see that it goes on to his son Isaac. We don't have record that Isaac tithed. We don't have record that he did not tithe. We know he was a sower, we know that he obeyed the word of the Lord, and he went out in faith, and the Lord renewed his covenant with him. And we see that in his grandson Jacob. He, met, he had an encounter with Jacob, and Jacob said, You know, if you will be my God, if you will take care of me, if you will provide for me, I will give you a tenth of all that I have. And we see this connection. Then we see, let's take it to New Testament, Hebrews. What does it say in Hebrews? You know, so this covenant started out being one of blessing one of provision, one of protection. But then as Jesus came, it became a ramped-up, souped-up covenant. I mean, now, not only protection, provision, blessing, prosperity, but now redemption, now healing. So in Hebrews 7, verse 8 says, In one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. So here men receive tithes, there it's saying he receives them. Something's done in the natural, something's being done in the spiritual. You know when we take communion, um, we take the bread and we remember the covenant of healing. We take the cup and we remember the redemption of our sins and the shed blood of Jesus. So I want to the same way in tithing, we remember the financial side of the covenant. We remember the provision provided and promised. And there's a connection there. So we serve a covenant God. And as we tithe in faith, and it's an outward demonstration that we trust him, that we believe him, and we acknowledge him as our source, he will do what he promised. So my encouragement to you this morning is keep your eye on the covenant. Amen? All right, let's take a hold of our tithe. Let's pray over that. Thank you, Father, for your covenant. Father, I thank you that you are a covenant God, and you don't forget, and your power doesn't wane, and that you are good for it. For a thousand generations, you said. So, Father, we, with joy, we return the tithe to you. With faith, we return the tithe to you. We trust you, Lord. We know that we need you, and we rely on you. And that is, it is in you that we live and move and have our being. So we just thank you, Lord, that the people in this house are blessed. The tithers in this house are blessed. And we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name, and amen. amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets. All right, a couple of things I wanted to mention in the bulletin. So last week we had announced um, a group of people that were going on the Ghana mission trip this summer, and I incorrectly announced a couple of people uh, said they were going, that they're not going. So I want to make that correction. Gene uh, is not going, and Alex is not going. Is that correct? Is that, am I correct that Gene is not going? Gene English? Is he going to Ghana? I'm not sure. We're not sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> to be determined. The ones that we do know are Anastasia, Katie, Everhart, and Monica. Monica. Okay. So the girls are going for sure. We're not sure about the guys. I just want to clarify that. All right, this week's home group series, we're continuing on in that, and our topic this week is why so angry? Hmm, so plug into that. All right, and you can mark your calendars coming up um, on June 17th. We have a free Burma ranger coming here, Sky Barkley. Maybe many of you remember him. They were here, him and his wife, several years ago. So mark your calendars for that, June 17th. Also want to announce there is no uh, team department head meeting this week. So if you were planning to come to that meeting, I guess that's free.